there's magic in the air. Magic lives in the very fabric of nature. Or maybe it's a ghost. She's haunting me, Nathan. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend, Friday, January 22nd through Sunday, January 24th. We're counting down this weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies, but first, your entertainment headlines. Netflix has renewed its hit new series, Bridgerton, for season two, and you can Viscount us in. That's because the second season will, in fact, be based on the second book in Julia Quinn's series called The Viscount Who Loved Me and focuses on the eldest Bridgerton sibling, Anthony, played by Jonathan Bailey. Michelle Pfeiffer will play former First Lady Betty Ford in Showtime's upcoming anthology series, The First Lady. Viola Davis was previously announced to play former FLOTUS Michelle Obama. Eleanor Roosevelt is the third subject of the show. That casting has not yet been revealed. Time to tune back in to WandaVision, our number five pick for this weekend. The Marvel series got off to a rousing start and raised plenty of questions last week with its first two episodes. How did Wanda and Vision end up in their strange suburban paradise? Is some sinister entity controlling all of this? What secrets is Wanda keeping? And what was up with that bizarre beekeeper at the end of episode two? EW's Devin Kogan has a PhD in the MCU. She joins me now to dissect this latest episode. Hey, Devin. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I'm going to start with a little spoiler alert here for everyone. The episode is already out, though, so we're going to talk about it. But if you haven't watched yet, maybe skip ahead a couple minutes and then come back for this analysis. All right. So this third episode has moved into the 70s. It's very much a Brady Bunch-like house and set. Um, and But even though like the decade is different, it hasn't changed the fact that Wanda's pregnant. That baby bump is growing. And this has some... I, do we call them side effects <laughs> on her powers? I think that's fair to say. Yeah, we definitely see that, uh, you know, the pregnancy, you know, is it's not easy on anyone. And it's especially not easy on you when you when you, um, you know, have uh, super superhero powers. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, um, Wanda has always sort of had historically sort of interesting powers. She can do a little bit of everything. She's telekinetic. She can move things with her mind. She can manipulate energy and reality and do all kinds of crazy things. Um, so, and as we see basically in her, um, as she gets pregnant and, um, you know, eventually gives birth, uh, it, her powers start to go a little bit haywire. You know, we see, um, you know, fire and water and raining from the ceiling and, you know, things, you know, pictures spinning upside down on the wall and, you know, things sort of like flying around the room. And it's a really fun, really campy kind of uh, silly uh, kind of moment that also it has a lot of like dramatic stakes. Um, I was talking to Elizabeth Olsen um, before the episode premiered and I asked her about that scene and she said, you know, our, our head writer, Jack Schaefer, one of her biggest pet peeves is when, um, you know, birth scenes on TV and in movies are unrealistic. And she started laughing yeah. because they made like one of the most unrealistic birth scenes of all time. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is so true, but it plays so well. It's it's perfect for this show. And we also started getting not even more answers necessarily, but more of the mystery building about where are they and, and who is who. So what is your best theory about what's happening? And have you seen any other theories online that kind of, you know, like piqued your interest? I think there's there's a couple of sort of theories floating around. And I think a lot of it depends on how familiar you are, familiar you are with uh, Wanda's story in the comics, um, because there sort of have been most famously, one of the most famous Wanda stories is House of M, um, where she is sort of, no spoilers, but she's sort of trapped in, a, in an alternate reality, um, sort of in a, in a mind prison, basically. Um, and it seems like this is sort of going, uh, like the show is sort of following that line, where this is, whatever is happening, there's that line at the end of episode two where, where Wanda and Vision say to each other, is this really happening? And they're referring to the pregnancy, like, is, is this really happening? Um, but also, like, that could be sort of a double thing. Like, is this really happening or is this sort of all inside um, someone's head? Uh, we start to see a little bit more of sort of people trying to to break through, basically, and, and get to Wanda. We, we've seen sort of in the first and second episodes, you know, there was the helicopter falling from the sky that was color colorful. Um, we saw the beekeeper emerging from the sewer. We heard, um, you know, on the radio, uh, Wanda, can you hear us? Wanda, um, who's doing this to you? Um, so I, I think it, it sort of remains to be seen. I, th I think there's a couple different options. Um, one, there's some bad guy, you know, who's who's sort of constructed all of this. Or two, maybe this is, you know, sort of just Wanda herself has, you know, is, is responsible for this because we know she's she's so powerful. So I think uh, I'm, I'm really glad. I think this third episode is so key because I think it really starts to set up that that central mystery. Yeah, well, I, I'm in it for the long haul. I know a lot of others are. Uh, all of you can check out episode three on Disney Plus right now. And Devin also spoke with Bobby Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, who wrote all of the sitcom theme songs and music. Be sure to check that out on EW.com, as well as our recaps of WandaVision. And Devin, don't go anywhere just yet, because I I think you have great taste in entertainment. So I have to know what you're watching uh, recently, I have been revisiting a show that I love very much um, and have not watched in a while. Uh, it is the CBS uh, uh, procedural Evil, which is now streaming on Netflix. Um, I loved the show when it first came out. Um, it's basically, it's uh, created by Robert King and Michelle King, who are uh, known for so many great shows uh, like The Good Fight. Um, and this is sort of this really fantastic supernatural procedural um, where it's basically uh, three people pl played by Katya Herbers, uh, Mike Coulter, and Asif Manvi um, sort of investigating uh, the supernatural and sort of the unexplained. Um, Mike Coulter, he plays a priest in training who works with the Catholic Church. Uh, Katya Herbers is sort of the, the the skeptical, you know, if, if this is Mulder and Scully, she's very much the Scully. Um, <laughs> and they sort of start to investigate all of, all of these, you know, uh, creepy things. Sometimes they do exorcisms, sometimes they deal with demons, but then sometimes they deal with, you know, sort of like rogue um, augmented reality and technology. And it's just, it's such a fun, it's the rare show that manages to be both um, extremely smart and extremely funny while also like l legitimately scaring the pants off of you. There's a couple moments in this where I'm like, oh man, that, that really made me jump. <laughs> so it's, it's, I, th I think it walks like a really perfect line and it's just such a fun binge. All right, Devin, that's a great recommendation. You can watch all of season one of Evil on CBS All Access or Netflix. Season two will premiere hopefully sometime this year. Thanks, Devin. Thanks so much. 
Secrets also abound in our number four pick, The Sister. This new limited series from Luther creator Neil Cross is a psychological thriller about a man named Nathan who gets an unwelcome surprise when an old acquaintance named Bob shows up at his door one night. For years, Neil's been haunted by the worst night of his life when a party led to the shocking death of a young woman. Only Neil and Bob know the truth about what happened, but that may be about to change. Here's a preview. What are you doing here? Can't come here. They're digging up the woods. We've got to move her before they dig her up. Three years ago, my sister went out one night to a party and she just never came home. The police searched for her and they never found her. Did you see these fox? Not that I know of. People who go to parties, they come home drunk. They get confused about what happened when, what happened at all. There must be somebody who can help. There must be somebody. Please, please. Is this your wife? Nathan, what have you done? Why would you marry the dead girl's sister? I love her. Don't mention my wife again. Yeah, you'll probably want to binge this one. The Sister stars Russell Tovey, who you may know from HBO's Looking and ABC's Quantico, as Neil, along with Bertie Carvel, Amrita Akaria, and Nina Toussaint White. All four episodes are streaming on Hulu now. Calling all Winx Club fans, the beloved animated series is getting the Netflix reboot treatment. Our number three pick, Fate, the Winx Saga, gives the fantasy series a YA drama twist following five fairies at the magical boarding school Althea in a live-action reimagining of the cartoon series. The five friends, who all have their own unique abilities, of course, must learn to master their powers while navigating love and love triangles rivalries, and monsters that threaten their very existence. Here's showrunner Brian Young on what to expect from the series. I always talk about this show as the origin story of a friend group. And as you get older, you always look back on that group of friends that you had when you were younger. It was important for me that the core idea of friendship was present in this version of the show, because that's what Winx is. We wanted to play within the Winx world, but we also wanted to introduce new storylines and characters, like Winx Sweet member Tara and her brother Sam, who are cousins of Flora, who was in the original cartoon. We've also got troublemaker Beatrix, who might remind fans of one of the Trix sisters. Excuse me. I'll just take a water. Room temp. Thanks, love. We are injecting life and death stakes like instantaneously on these girls and these fairies and specialists who have been trained for war but haven't experienced war yet and maybe feeling like they're not ready. They're not ready to face the challenges that they face and it doesn't matter and them having to be ready regardless. Well, fans are certainly ready. You can catch season one of Fate the Winx Saga on Netflix now. dances are supposed to be a night of fun, especially prom. Not for the students of Riverdale High, though. In this week's Riverdale season premiere, the first of three episodes that weren't finished in 2020 before the pandemic hit, prom was interrupted by a threatening snuff film, and Jughead had the perfect reaction. It's our soundbite of the week. Why does every one of our dances turn into a Jamie Lee Curtis movie? But don't forget, Jamie Lee Curtis never dies in these movies. Riverdale airs Wednesdays at 8 on The CW. Before we get to our top two picks of the weekend, we need to take a quick break. But first... Trivia. 
It's trivia time. There's another special Euphoria episode this weekend, which we'll have more on later. But first, a question about the show's star. At age 24, Zendaya became the youngest to win the Best Actress in a Drama Emmy last year. But how old was the youngest performer ever to win a primetime Emmy? 12, 14, or 16? Stick around for the answer. What to watch will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Today in entertainment history, Conan O'Brien's final episode as host of The Tonight Show aired on January 22, 2010, following a controversial and highly publicized battle over the show's time slot. NBC had attempted to move The Jay Leno Show, hosted by O'Brien's predecessor, to The Tonight Show's long time slot of 11.35 p.m. O'Brien announced he would leave the show if NBC proceeded and was ultimately paid $45 million to walk away. Leno returned to The Tonight Show in March, while O'Brien migrated to TBS. Number two. Now back to this weekend's picks. Let's talk about Salt and Pepper, baby. You probably know the rap group's biggest hits, but do you know their story? Lifetime's latest original movie, and our number two pick, follows the journey of Cheryl Salt James and Sandra Peppa Denton as they take the world of hip-hop by storm. The duo went from nursing students at a community college to the first female rap act to go platinum, with such hits as Push It, What a Man, and Let's Talk About Sex. The movie also explores the sexism the group faced, their impact on the hip-hop genre with their open discussion of sex and men, and the struggles that came with their success. Here's a preview. Hip-hop is all about attitude. You can't be scared. Pulling and bring it back to the subject. We record an album, shoot videos. I don't even know who I am outside of the image that we've created here. You women are role models for a lot of ladies out there. Play the track. I made a promise to myself that no matter what, I make something out of myself. Man can't hold us back. If they can make money off of us, we can make money off of us. Push it real good over to Lifetime to catch the biopic, which premieres Saturday at 8 p.m. And now, our number one pick for this weekend, Euphoria. The HBO series is dropping a second special episode to tide fans over as they wait for season two, this one focusing on Hunter Schaefer's Jewels. The episode, which was co-written by Schaefer herself, follows her character over the Christmas holiday as she reflects on the past year. If you recall, the last time we saw Jules, she had just skipped town, leaving her friend and lover Rue behind at the train station. From the looks of it, much of this episode will be dealing with the fallout from that decision and its effect on Jules. Here's a preview. Rue was the first girl that didn't just look at me. Demons, demons, demons. 
She actually saw me. The me that's underneath a million layers of not me. So why'd you run away? EW's Marcus Jones joins me now to talk about what we can expect in this episode. Marcus, this episode is taking place essentially the same time as the the episode that we already got, which focused on Rue, correct? Right. So uh, the special episode we saw with Rue was on Christmas Eve, and this episode takes place over the Christmas holiday, actually. So it's a little bit after, but it all lines up with season one, which, of course, ended with their winter formal. Um, I think this is one of the smartest things a show has ever done because, of course, the pandemic delayed so much they weren't able to get to season two right away, which, by the way, we still don't know when that one is coming, but hopefully uh, later this year. Uh, This, to me, was the perfect way to kind of keep the fan interest going. Uh, I'm I'm curious your thoughts on what they've done here. Right. Well, I think the really interesting thing is just looking at Euphoria's audience. Uh, They really were listening to all the fans on social media who were really keeping the hype alive and sharing clips of Zendaya at the door with uh, Angus Cloud's character that uh, really heart-wrenching scene and the scenes between Rue and Jules. And so the actors and Sam really saw it and knew that they had to come back with at least something. And of course, Zendaya and Sam had filmed Malcolm and Marie, which really showed that filming during the pandemic was possible. And so these special episodes were kind of the logical next step to deliver to fans of the show. And of course, not filming with a bunch of people, a lot of cast. It's it's very small uh, production here we're talking about on these episodes, too. Right. Yeah. So it uh, these two special episodes really focus on the central relationship of the show, that uh, being the fan named Rules, Rue and Jules. <laughs> and so <laughs> so we saw uh, Zendaya or Rue's take on uh, what may have gone wrong and why Jules had left Rue at the train station. But now we're really going to see how Jules feels about things because throughout the season, it hasn't been super clear uh, whether or not Jules is kind of leading her on, if Rue is reading too much into their relationship, or is if there's really um, more than a friendship there. Hunter Schaefer herself has told us that uh, she specifically feels bad about Jules's actions in the finale. She had told us um, at SCAD ATV Fest, I think 2019, uh, you don't leave your friend slash lover alone in a train station at 1 a.m. And she did admit, though, that uh, Jules can't save Rue. She can't be Rue's savior, which I think is agreeable and probably something we're going to see explored more in this special episode. Well, I can't wait. Euphoria's latest episode premieres Sunday at 9 o'clock on HBO, or you can stream it right now on HBO Max. Thanks, Marcus. No problem. And now the answer to today's trivia question. At age 24, Euphoria star Zendaya became the youngest to win the Best Actress in a Drama Emmy last year. But how old was the youngest performer ever to win a primetime Emmy? 12, 14, or 16? 
That would be 14 years old. Roxana Zal won Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie in 1984 for the ABC movie Something About Amelia. She remains the youngest Emmy winner in history. That is our show for this weekend. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you on Monday, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm senior TV editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW, and I'm at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Akalina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal and Carly Usden.